They talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness. They talking all of they talking all of they talking all of this madness. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Matt Madness Wrestling Podcast. My name is Ron Pashery, columnist for TJRWrestling.net. Here once again, a two-man power trip with my good friend, Mr. Wednesday Night Live, the voice that runs the place, Alo, Aaron Lloyd, resident European champion. Alo, how's it going? What's up with that United Kingdom bullcrap? <laughs> what is that? I don't know, but you're from Cambridge, England. So what is, what is that? Actually, one you're... Friend of the show, Derek McCauley, I forgot to mention this to you. He asked if you were going to throw your hat into the ring for the United UK Championship. Why should I? I'm the champion of Europe. <laughs> I shouldn't have to throw so my no, cap so it, into It's this. beneath you. Yes, yeah, beneath me. <laughs> so from Cambridge, England this week, you have no desire to compete in the tournament. No. For my European title, it's with that United Kingdom. What is that? Now would you do a title for title match with the UK champion? I wouldn't waste my time. All right. Well, we have our answer. Derek, he is not throwing his hat in the ring. He does not need the United, the United Kingdom championship. Uh, real quick... On the top of the show, at the end of the show tonight, we're going to announce the categories of the first ever Matt Madness year-end award show. Ayla will be giving those to you at the end of the show, so stay tuned. But before we get started and get into Roadblock and all that, Ayla, you attended your first House of Hardcore show at ECW Arena. I've been to two. I was un- un- unable to attend this one. How was your first experience with House of Hardcore? It was enjoyable. I loved every second of it. Right when I walk in, got my ticket. First thing I see is broken mat. And you know, you know, I love how I love the Hardys. So mm-hmm. that that was that was great. And then poor Moose, right? just sitting there. At the new Impact Grand Champion title just sitting there. And nobody really gave him any love. But no. it was it was a great it was a great experience. They had a sign before the show. I'm st- me and Josh, friend of the show, Josh. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're just sitting there minding our business. The next thing you know. Johnny Mundo, John Morrison <laughs> right, comes right next to us, I'm, and me and him are starstruck. I'm like, this guy is damn gorgeous. Yeah. He's so, I'm like, I got starstruck for the first time. I'm like, God. So you marked out for John Morrison. Yeah. Did you expect to or no? No, because he just I just turned around, and here he is. Like, what's up, guy? I'm like, oh, this guy is gorgeous. <laughs> I wonder if you had the same feeling when I interviewed as when I interviewed Hugo Knox at the Performance Center. Because I stood next to Hugo Knox, and I was like, this is not the same species. <laughs> Did you feel that way? Yes. <laughs> that was the first time in my life I ever stood next to a human being and thought, this is a different type of human than I am. Yes. I was just like, oh, God. I, I was like, God, this guy. So, you met Matt Hardy. Obviously, I know you love that. The picture was incredible. <laughs> if anybody hasn't seen it, I'm sure you could find it on Facebook. Uh, unbelievable picture. And you know what? I saw other pictures of our friends with Matt Hardy. No one got into character <laughs> with Broken Matt quite the way that you did. So I, I take my hat off to you for that. You were fully in. You were Broken Alo in that picture. I was practicing that for a long time. <laughs> do, do you feel that you you inherited some of the broken brilliance? Yes. All right, good. Uh, you're not going to start talking in an accent on me at some point in the show, are you? I may. <laughs> um, my, 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 my good brother, Brother Jerome, was also, was also there in attendance with me. He, be, he, met, he, was in, he was in presence of the Broken Brilliance. Now, did you have to delete him or not yet? Not yet. Not yet, okay. <laughs> That's an ongoing process. That's, yeah. 
first ever steel cage match in House of Hardcore history. How was that? Great. Brother Nero came out. Great match. Um, it was a, a thumbtack finish. And Broken Matt got the victory with the side effects on thumbtacks. It was great. But I got to say, Tony needs the real cruiserweight champ. <laughs> The I, premier I, athlete. The cruiser, the real cruiserweight champ because I know WWE is not a workers' company, mm-hmm. but God, that guy is a treat to watch. And in my mind, he's probably top two in the cruiserweight division and, and from an in perspective. He is awesome. He can do everything. Yes. You know, he's, he's almost not a cruiserweight, really. Yeah. Like, he's got the power of, you know, somebody who's 250 pounds, and he's got the athleticism of somebody who's 195 pounds. Uh, yeah, he's. I'm glad you finally got to see him live. I know we, Eric and I, marked out pretty hard for him when we saw him the first time. I'm glad you got to see him. Now, is there a chance that when Brother Nero came out, you got to see both Hardy Boys in the same ring at the same time? Is that possible? That was a mark out moment of the year for you. It was. <laughs> it was. Where does it rank for you with Bailey at Battleground? It passed Bailey. It, really? Yes, it passed Bailey. So is that your number one? Yes. All right. I'm glad to hear that. So so this show really was, was pretty great for you. Yeah. And you're excited to go to the next one in yeah. April? Yeah, front row. <laughs> Do you ever foresee yourself not attending a House of Hardcore show when it comes here? It, well, it, well, what going to House of Hardcore made me want to add more to my wrestling, to my, my watch list on wrestling, mm-hmm. because I knew a lot of the guys. I just never actually fully watched them. Like, I know I've seen Moose matches, but I, this is my first time seeing mm-hmm. Moose in person. He has a lot of potential. He's he's not bad in the ring, but he does things that he's... I'll say, like, a, things that a big guy can't do. Maybe, like, like Roman Reigns is a bigger yeah. guy, but he can actually do these things. Mm-hmm. Moose, one day, will be able, be able to actually do those things, because he, he actually attempted to do those things. So, and, and I met... I saw Eddie Kingston there. Oh, I love and, Eddie yeah, Kingston. Ed, he was in a six-man <laughs> tag, so Eddie Kingston, they were inter- he was interacting with the fans and stuff like that. So... Did he live I, up to the way I described him? Yes. <laughs> yes, middle fingers everywhere. <laughs> it, it was just a mess. But how about Vic Delicious? Was he there? No. I don't okay, think so. he had been there for the first two that I was in. I don't think I don't think so because I did go to the bathroom before that match started, so I'm not. I might I'm, I might miss the introduction for him, but it was great. I would I will go. It was a real great time. I recommend everybody to go. Yeah, like like you said, it it makes you realize there's so much more in the world of wrestling than WWE. Yeah. And when you get, like I told you, the last one I went to in September was exactly what I needed because I was still suffering greatly from the SummerSlam hangover. And it was like, okay, this isn't WWE. I'm just at a show that's just supposed to be fun. And the crowd enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. The actual performers enjoyed it. it. Yeah, it's awesome. So if anybody has a chance, if it comes to your city, absolutely, without a doubt, it is worth the price of admission. It's a fun day. It's a fun show. Yeah, any seat is a good seat in that place. Mm-hmm. So just just go. It was it was really it was really great. Yeah, like we have the added benefit of we get to watch an ECW arena. Yeah. So that's cool in and of itself. You get to see like all the Hall of Fame banners. Had you been in ECW arena no, before? Or no, the first time. So did you take note of the banners and everything? I did. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. So, well, look forward to seeing Tommy Dreamer again in September. Tony Nice won't be there, but. I guess a lot of these other guys probably will. Yeah. And you know what the good thing about that is? The first one I went to was so great, and I remember thinking the second one just can't be as good. And it was even better. Really? Like, yeah. So it doesn't even matter who's on the show. It's going to be a fun show. Um, with that, move on to Roadblock, end of the line. 
I guess we'll give out our grades. Alo, you want to break down our grading system for anyone who doesn't remember? Yeah, if it's a horrible show, we call it a jobber. If it falls somewhere in the middle, we call it a slobber knocker. And if it's an awesome show, we call it a showstopper. Okay. And what's your grade, Alo? Well, I don't refer to the show as Roblox End of the Line. Mm-hmm. I'm going to call this Raw Block. <laughs> because this is... This is Kind of what it all was. It just mm-hmm. felt like a lot of a lot of this felt just like another another episode of Raw. So I'm gonna just give it a plain slobber knocker. Not much really happened. It just felt like a, a lot of Raw. I think most of these matches, other than the Triple Threat Cruiserweight title match, we saw a lot of these matches within the past month and a half on Raw. So it was nothing new. There, there wasn't much of a new dynamic. Roman Reigns was the third most important guy in the story again. Mm-hmm. So, so I'm just gonna give it a plain slobber knocker. Uh, so raw block business as usual, basically, yeah, yes. <laughs> as opposed to end of the line. Uh, I'm kind of in agreement with you. It didn't really. The stakes were not raised on the pay per view from what we've been seeing every week. The matches were fine. Uh, so yeah, I'll, I'll also give it a uh, slobber knocker. Um, women's match. This was billed as the end of this feud between Charlotte and Sasha Banks. My hope was that Sasha Banks would win and she'd get at least somewhat. Of a title reign, obviously didn't happen. I believe this was her shortest title reign so far. I forget how many days it was, like 21 maybe, something like that. Close enough. Yeah, 20 days, because I think she's held it for 74 total days in three reigns. So now that title, which was introduced in April, in, what, seven months, eight months, we have a four-time champion and a three-time champion. Now, in this feud, I can kind of give them a pass for that because they're trying to build up that these two were so evenly matched. This was like the best women's feud of all time. How did you feel if this is, in fact, the blow-off for a while? How do you feel about this match? I have some thoughts on it, but I kind of want yours first. Well, it's kind of hard to book an Iron Man match. Even though it was 30 minutes, it's still a little hard to actually book it. Like, the first fall came in 19 minutes into the match and they said you have in you know, Ironman matches they're going to drag so you're saving for maybe the last 5 mm-hmm. to 10 minutes for, for everything to really happen and a lot of the, a lot of the match not much really did happen but I believe we got the first fall at 19 minutes the second fall at 8 minutes and 23 yeah. seconds and the third at 5.53 and the fourth, call, fourth fall came at with 4 seconds left but you just can't really expect much because I like the psychology with Charlotte going after Sasha's leg, but it was so late in the match. It, so it took away a lot from what the match actually could have been. They told a story, but they told the story way too late in the match. Yeah, I thought they did a good job of building throughout the match. But like you said, it was they saved so much for the last 10 minutes. Um, I didn't like they did the same basic spot as she did with Bailey in the first one. Now this one tied it instead of was the winning fall. But... You've, you've held on in the submission for how long? A minute 40. And with less than five seconds left, all of a sudden you just can't but hold out anymore? There was one detail, uh, yeah, which was it was as she turned it into the figure yeah. eight. So at least there was that. But still, you'd think, because I'm pretty sure she actually tapped with two seconds left. You couldn't just wait two more seconds Yeah. and and win the match. Like, it's, it's your title. This... The whole thing was that this means so much that we bring the best out of each other and you tap with two seconds left. Like, you should have been able to hold out for two more seconds. Um, I Honestly, I felt bad for Sasha. You know, at the end, she's got blood all over her face. She loses the title again. Uh, The only hope that I have is that maybe now she will finally be tired of being the character she's been. Like, you know, being the fan favorite isn't getting me anywhere. Maybe now she even said on Raw the next night, you know, I don't feel like the boss anymore. 
maybe this pushes her back towards that. That's my only hope, because then that will at least be worth it. But I'm still disappointed that they never gave her more than... She never won a pay-per-view match with the title. Yeah. Never successfully defended it. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you feel the same way about that, or do you think they kind of did the right thing by having Charlotte? Well, I I feel the same way as you, but like I said, they can go a bunch of ways with that title. You could also... You could have Sasha hold on to the title. You could have Sasha chase the title, which I do think she's going to do, because I've been adamant about saying how... It is way. It'd be a better story if Sasha turned heel on Bailey when Bailey wins because you can know Bailey's gonna get title title shot in the near future. So you can get Sasha turning heel on turning heel on Bailey. Even if we get that triple threat again that we had a Clash of Champions or just Bailey versus I mean Bailey versus Sasha. No matter what, Sasha should turn heel because even going back to the Bill Clash of Champions, Sasha even told Bailey when it comes to this match, I don't. When it comes to that title, I don't have friends. Right. It's all about that title. So. Going forth, Sasha's going to be all about that getting back, getting back the title, especially if Bailey gets it, because because of their so-called friendship, and then it, it'll be easy for Sasha to turn on her, and then the fans will not cheer against Bailey. Yeah, I I do agree with that, and I do think that there's a story to be told. I just hope it's the story that actually does get told. Yeah, and then with, with this match, is you really kind of felt for Sasha. That, that's the one thing this match actually did, like. It was hard for me to come up with a, oh my God, who'd have thought John Cena had a match with the Night of War? It was hard because this, like, this match had more. St- this had shit ma- It was between this match and a tag title match because both of those had stories. Mm-hmm. This match had more emotion to it because you actually see the hate. Within within each other, it might not, it might, it might, it was a te- it was more of a technical aspect, but it wasn't like all over the place, like a, like a spot for a certain thing. Like this was actually like a legit story, like Sasha trying to hold on and and Charlotte working on the leg. So it wasn't that one kind of match people won, but if you look back on it, there, there was plenty of emotion there, and it fit the story between these two because these it's the end of the line for these two, and just ha- watching Sasha have to tap and give up her title was a little. You could say heartbreaking for a lot of fans. Yeah, you, could, you actually could feel for. It. Yeah, that's how I felt. And to your point about like the emotion that was in it, the story that was in it, while the actual entering action was slower paced, they both I think did a great job of conveying how, like you said, how much they hated each other, how much they wanted it. So yeah, it wasn't a spot fest. It wasn't like a barn burner of a match, as Jr. would say. But they they kept you interested based on how the, how you knew they felt about each other, and they got that point across. But you're right. It was a heartbreaking match. Obviously, she was not bleeding on purpose, but that just added to it. You know, like mm. blood coming down both sides of her face from her nose, tapping again, uh, had to be helped out to the locker room, and Charlotte keeps her streak intact. I think there's actually one of, something I mentioned last week that I really do think that they they were like, oh, we, we maybe we fell into another thing we could push the way we pushed the Undertaker-WrestleMania streak. Yeah, so all the good things in wrestling happen. Yeah, just by accident. <laughs> <laughs> uh, on Raw, I appreciated that Sasha was still selling the knee. If it was John Cena or Roman Reigns, they would have walked out like they didn't even have a match the night before. <laughs> uh, so I liked her coming out on the crutches. It annoyed me that when they showed the still photos of the match... The one at the end with the blood on her face, they made it a black and white photo. So you Did they? See the blood, yeah. I didn't pay it any mind. Yeah, I, it, was a, it stood out to me like a sore thumb. I was like, come on. Like, 90% of the people who are watching Raw right now watched that match <laughs> last night. We know she was bleeding. Why are you hiding it? It's kind of stupid. Um, cuts her promo. The better woman won. I don't feel like the boss anymore. She asked Charlotte to come out so she congratulate her. Instead, who came out but Nia Jax? who is clearly not like most girls. <laughs> she says, you're not a boss. You're a weak little girl. 
kicks the crutches out, throws Sasha around the ring. I guess that's what's next. Yeah, but this was for, the promo wasn't good, but this was weak. Like kicking the crutch out of kicking the crutch, crutch from underneath her, that was great. But mm-hmm. she's defenseless. Mm-hmm. Why don't you just take her out? Like Braun Strowman did this later in the night, perfectly. Mm-hmm. You just knock her, you throw you throw her into the ropes, and that's how you just leave. She's def- like she like you have a legitimate gripe to get heat because she's actually defenseless. Because she's still quote unquote selling an injury, and that's all you do, you just throw against ropes and you just leave. That's kind of how I felt. Now it's funny because. The way I felt when Nia Jax came out is similar to how I felt when I first saw The Dark Knight Rises. And Catwoman... movie. Yeah. Catwoman <laughs> closes the door behind Batman and he's just trapped in there with Bane. And you kind of know, like, this is not going to end well for Batman. That's kind of how I felt. Like, Sasha's defenseless. This, you know, behemoth of a woman is coming out. This is not going to end well for Sasha. They could have paid off that feeling because I'm sure a lot of people had that thought and they didn't like she even was about to keep beating her up and just like ah no never mind and walked out yeah it's like why didn't they go all the way with it exactly and by the way Mm -hmm. if you want to see the blood you have to get the WWE Network for (laughs) (laughs) 999 yeah or as Mick Foley would say a low undisclosed (laughs) um yeah, I guess that is the only way you get to see blood, is if you, you pay for the network. It's worth $10 a month to see a little blood. Uh, yeah, I kind of agree with you. They, they kind of sold us short on that. Um, Charlotte comes out also selling uh, the fact that she was in an Iron Man match the night before. She beat the boss. She says that she beat the boss out of Sasha. She solidified herself as the greatest superstar WWE has ever seen. The queen of pay-per-view. And Bailey comes out to congratulate her and remind her, I've beat you twice. I'm 2-0 against you. So I think I should get another match. We thought we were going to get this about a month ago, right? They kind of pulled the plug on it for a little bit. Now we're going to get it. Does Bailey win the title in this feud? She will. On the first try, or do you think it takes her a few tries to do it? Um, will she be the one to break the pay-per-view streak? Well, see, like you said, WWE, they kind of fall into these things, and they could easily just go into a storyline and say, oh, well, Charlotte went undefeated on pay-per-view in singles matches in 2016. She mm-hmm. went 15-0. 2017 is a whole different story. Yeah. So they, they, they could play that they could play that up and make, just make 2016 a thing. But I do think Bayley is the next one to win the title. Um, I'm assuming they're going to have a match at the Royal Rumble. I would assume. Any chance that that is where, where Bayley wins it? Or will Bailey win it on Raw and lose it at the pay? <laughs> I don't. I don't. Th- <laughs> I think she'll win at her second chance. Her second chance. Yes. Okay. Whenever, has, whenever her second opportunity, I think that's when she wins. Um, oh, by the way, I love Charlotte mm-hmm. saying comparing herself to all the past the past women, saying satisfaction doesn't match the natural selection. Yeah. I thought that was, that was great. great. It was a great line. Um, I liked also that she said. Bailey, you don't belong in this ring with me. You should be paying to watch me like all these people. I thought that was great. Um, and she also pointed out, out of the four horsewomen, I was always number one. You were always number four. That's why you didn't come up with the rest of us. So that's even still like another part of the story that they can do. Yeah, I wish they actually played up to that because that that is probably a, legitimate, a legit fact because Bailey didn't come up with the rest of them. They've, she was... Bought down in NXT for a longer period of time, and Bailey, she's like, I've heard that before, Charlotte, but it's like you could have elaborated on that more. Maybe that'll be the, the added to the story going forward. Yeah, I think that they should add that. And then I also cracked up at Charlotte. Give me a ref. Give me a ref. <laughs> they had a match. Bailey wins via backslide. She's now three and zero against Charlotte. 
Um, then they have the whole thing with the, oh, her one shoulder was up. Did we need, I don't know if that was intentional. Do we need to keep having these finishes <laughs> in these matches? Like, can we just stop with these? I don't know. How did you feel about this match? How did you feel about that aspect of the finish? It was a match. It, it, like, I think a lot of it, like, Bailey rolling um rolling around it with Charlotte. I thought it was like just to kind of pique Charlotte's nerves a bit mm-hmm. because she kept making fun of saying she's a little kid and things like that. So Bailey was being real playful with Charlotte, I think. So I just think it was really to get under Charlotte's skin. Yeah. Um, moving on to the to the men now, the Universal Championship. Yeah. Kevin Owens defending the Universal Championship against the current U.S. champion, Roman Reigns. I think sometimes we even forget he's the U.S. champion. Um... Match was fine, kind of ended how I expected. Jericho came out, hit the code breaker on Kevin Owens. You think he's turning on KO, but instead he just got him disqualified, so Roman couldn't win the title. I uh, thought this match was fine. I didn't think it was anything special. thought it could have been better. Um, I don't know. What do you think? I didn't really have interest in this match because when Roman Reigns came out, I was like, Okay, it's Roman Reigns. Mm-hmm. I, it, yeah, and you know I love Roman Reigns. It's like okay, I, I'm, I don't care about this because he's still the third most important guy in the story. Because even like with the whole Rollins thing, he's the third most important guy. Mm-hmm. The universal title, the, the universal champion is legit. Chris Jericho and Kevin Owens, legit, legitimately. Yeah. So it's like okay, I don't really care about this. But the match, it was. It started slow. It felt just like their raw matches, but it got better. Like Owen going through the frog splash bots on through the announce table. That was fun. I thought it picked up picked up a lot at the at the latter portion of it. But then Jericho comes down, and like I said, we, well, I think we all said Jericho's gonna somehow, some way, make sure Owen keeps the title. And that was a, more of a clever way. It was one, one of the few options, but it was the most clever way to get Owen to retain the title. Yeah, he retains Roman Reigns. You know. Has to hold off for another day to win the Universal Championship. KO continues to be the longest reigning Universal Champion of all time. We had Seth Rollins against Chris Jericho. Again, I thought this match was was a good match. Uh, I always enjoyed Jericho. Uh, I believe we both predicted Kevin Owens would try to help Jericho and screw it up for him, which he did. Uh, Seth got the win. Did you think that? Do you feel like this pushed anything forward for Seth Rollins, or not really? Well. First of all, I have to give the WWE video department a, a round of applause because the way they tried to make this make sense <laughs> was awesome. Because I was like, oh, I was, they actually spliced this together. To I was make say, it, did they succeed in making it make sense or they was it just did, a valiant effort? It was a valiant No, <laughs> To me, I know they, this makes no sense, but they did it perfectly. I got I to gotta give them that. But this is another match that we've seen on Raw in the last month and a half. And the match... I think the last match on Raw they had was better than this, but mm-hmm. this is basically a checklist for Seth Rollins. And that's all it's progressing. It's just moving forward to set off his tri- match with Triple H at WrestleMania. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I guess that's what's next for him. Now, he kept saying he needed to win the Universal Championship to get back at Triple H. I'm guessing you believe that that doesn't need to happen. It doesn't need to happen, but I, I believe he'll probably eventually get a title shot, but... I'm not sure you when. You think before he meets Triple H or after? That's that's been the story. It's like okay, Jer- that's what they've been telling us. Jer- it's like it's like okay, Jericho's first. Check. Owens in the Universal Title is supposedly next, but we he, as of now he's not in the Royal Rumble ma- Royal Rumble World Universal Title match. Is is Reigns is Reigns? So we're not. I'm not sure yet what's going to happen and how and how that's going to shake out. Yeah. So who knows? Uh, Raw. We get. 
the Chris and Kevin show to open the show. Another really long promo segment to open. I love that KO pointed out, you know, I even said your name first. Uh, shouldn't have doubted you. I love that Jericho said the code breaker hurt me more than it hurt you. <laughs> they made up. He said, I'm going to give you the hug of Jericho. Bring, Bring it in, man. Great. Uh, I love that he said he has a list. Uh, that he said Santa Claus stole his gimmick. I thought it was <laughs> unbelievable. Um, Foley obviously came out to defend Santa. Um, I don't know. I feel like the only thing that made this bearable was Owens and Jericho yeah. being the ones. This, this, was, this was bad. <laughs> it was not a great open to the show. The whole thing with the shark cage, like Jericho makes it entertaining. I love that both at the same time they said when he made the mistake saying they were in Pittsburgh, yeah, they were really in Columbus, and they both said we'd rather be in Pittsburgh. They say, like they're both <laughs> such good heels. They both said at the same time they'd rather be in Pittsburgh to get that heat. Uh, Jericho saying the shark cage what are you sending us scuba diving like he's the only thing that and then them saying the cage is made in Ohio <laughs> I thought was great saying it wasn't safe and unsanitary yeah so pretty brutal segment yeah uh, Jericho is going to be in a shark cage at the Royal Rumble they're really trying to sell that toy because this is actually a, a new figure on that toy line that, and that's a shame that I had that same thought it's like really because I, I remember seeing that toy it's like why are you selling that why is that a big deal the shark cage yeah and now yeah now it's it's spilling over into the actual <laughs> show I don't know I don't gotta sell it before Christmas yeah Jericho hyperventilating afterwards because he has arachnophobia <laughs> KO points out that it's acrophobia. There's a fear of heights. Well, I'm afraid of spiders too, so I have both. I'm hanging up. I'm hanging up like a sexy pinata. <laughs> sexy pinata. That was probably the best thing to come out of the whole segment. They get stuck in a tag match with Seth and Roman, who now officially are on the same side, which I guess is fine. Uh, match I thought was pretty good. But Braun Strowman, who reared his ugly head throughout the whole show, reared his head during this match, took out Roman, took out Seth. Uh, I don't know. How, how do you? I, I just kind of want your thoughts on this whole this whole thing for all four guys and then five, including Strowman. It's a mess <laughs> because, like I said, the Universal Champion is legit Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho. So anything that happens, so the Universal we've been saying is not important. It's like it's it's basically a joke because. Owens and Jericho are booked to be a joke, and well, not not really a joke, but they're more hilarious. They're they're, they're, they're more a comedic, comedic act. They're comedic act. Out. They're entertaining, but they're more of a comedic act. Like this is my this is one of the concerns I had when um Owens won the title. Where he's going to be that the NXT champion Kevin Owens, or she's going to be the jokey Kevin jokey Kevin Owens. And you, as a heel, you wouldn't be, you wouldn't really be able to take take him seriously in that, in that light. But I said I think I said. Maybe a week or so ago, or the show before that, that I'll be more interested in this match if they actually had a fatal four way or had a tag team match for the, with the titles on with all the title. If they had like all the titles on the line, yeah, that's what I, I thought that would be more intriguing because it's basically a four guy feud. They're intertwining four guys with the universal title, and only two are fighting for it. And the guys that are the guy that's most the guy who's supposed to be the most important, well, the second most important guy, the challenger, is always been the third. Yeah, it's going on, what, two, three months now? Yeah. That's been the case. Is there any chance that we see Roman and Strowman in a WrestleMania match together? I hope year? not. I, I hope not. But the thing is, they they did a great job 
booking Strowman. Like we were saying, they didn't. They've been doing good things with Raw. Raw hasn't been great, but they've been doing the details that make Raw a better show. Like Strowman, go, Strowman throughout the night, he was that thing throughout the night. He, he, he took out the cruiserweights, took out Roman, took out the guys, the guys backstage area. Mm-hmm. So he, he, him being angry and looking for Sami Zayn was a thing throughout the night. And then he made his, he made his, he made his, he made his impact at the end to end the show. So you know, he seriously now Roman. Yeah, Foley, I told you, or else. Yeah. So whatever he said. Yeah, so now we've been saying how Roman has no, no, there's nobody on that roster that we could believe that in the mid card. Not, 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 the, not, not the main name guys, their actual mid card. Mm-hmm. Roy really doesn't even actually have a mid card to begin with. Who could actually legit beat Roman Reigns? You could actually buy that Braun Strowman can beat Roman Reigns. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't be su- surprised if we see that match in the next few weeks. Because you have to get that U.S. title for Roman. And the only person that's believable to beat him is Braun Strowman. I don't want to see that mm-hmm. personally, but that's the only believable person. Yeah, he doesn't come across as a good fit for the U.S. championship. Yeah. It, uh, to me, it just doesn't work. Um, that actually leads us, before we move on, to no question but a comment from friend of the show, Joe Lafferty. It starts with about 25 Zs in a row to signify he's asleep. Wake me, up, yeah, we, wake me up the night of the Rumble, please. I am not invested into anything. I love Kevin Owens, but I don't think he has been a good champion. AJ's matches have been good, but I am not excited about anything on a weekly, weekly basis. The brand split in 205 Live has oversaturated my WWE. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. So, I will turn that into a question. One, a two-part question. One, are you feeling that WWE has oversaturated us? And two, how do you feel about Kevin Owens as a champion? You kind of have already answered this, but I'll ask it anyway. So, first one, do you feel like WWE has oversaturated you in the last six months since the brand split? Ah, mm. uh, it's kind of hard because the Cruiserweight Classic that was like an optional thing. Mm-hmm. You didn't have to watch it to keep up with what was going on. But the two, the whole two or five live thing, you don't really need two or five up. Just book the Cruiserweight division properly. Mm-hmm. It's not that. It's not that hard. Now, if you want to say oversaturated, like I said, the Cruiserweight Classic, you didn't have to watch. You wanted to watch that because that was more for the hardcore, yeah. in, hardcore indie guy. That was more fun. Yeah, that was, was more fun. fun. That was more fun for you to watch. But I think what Laugh is trying to say is the stuff that they're making, they're giving you, isn't always fun. It just feels like an extension of what Raw is. Yeah, my feeling is, watching WWE should not be a lifestyle. It should be a pastime. So now we have. Raw, which we've always had. Now, SmackDown is a whole separate show. So instead of being able to kind of like skim through it for the few important parts, you have to watch the whole show. There's a pay-per-view every other week now. Then we have NXT, 205 Live. It's it's a lot. If you're going to watch all WWE programming now, you're getting three hours of Raw every week, two hours of SmackDown. That puts you to five. Uh, NXT puts you to six. 205 Live puts you to seven. And that's seven hours... On a non-pay-per-view week. So now, every other week, you're up to 10 hours. It's it's too much. Literally, if, if you work a 40-hour-a-week job, on a weekday, that probably leaves you with like four to five hours of free time in a night. Five hours you're already devoting to WWE on Monday and Tuesday. Three hours if you're watching 205 Live. Then a seventh hour when you get to Wednesday. I think that they're doing themselves a disservice, and I think they're probably going to start having some fans peel off of at least some of this product. Like I haven't, I haven't been able to watch NXT. I think in five weeks, 
four or five weeks since the week after takeover Toronto. Um, yeah, I think it's a problem they're going to run into, and I think they'd serve themselves well to cut back on the pay-per-views in 2017. I'll actually ask a follow-up question. How would you feel if pay-per-views went back to once a month and the there's two maybe there's two a month on like a a big four month but we're basically each show has a pay-per-view every other month that's how it used to be back in um would you prefer that with this ruthless aggression but see the problem with that was <laughs> they had the bill longer so for example like raw for example raw had let's say in june raw had bad blood so there'll be another pay-per-view in June. Mm-hmm. And then SmackDown, they would have their pay-per-view in July, which is probably the Great American Bash or whatever it was in July, or Vengeance. So it would be a problem for the other show. But the thing is, they were actually, but back then, they actually made the shows important. Or how about if they alternated like every, every three weeks? You know, each show has a pay-per-view every six weeks. So in a 52-week year... You're getting one. That means you're getting like eight to nine pay-per-views instead of 12 for both shows. It's it's a little longer to build if you're doing six weeks per show. But it, who like who really has all that time to spend? If if we weren't doing this week weekly show, would you be watching all 10 hours every other week? Close to it. See, I definitely wouldn't. I don't know what I would cut out, but I definitely don't think I'd have that time to spend. The only, some stuff I'm only watching because we're doing this show. Because a lot of times what I do is I, I spread it out. Because I, I, I'll watch Raw Live. Because in Raw SmackDown Live, that's the only time I could actually watch it. Mm-hmm. I, I, I used to watch NXT on Sundays. Because I won't watch wrestling that I need to watch, prepare for the show. I won't watch wrestling for Thursday, Friday, or Saturday. I'll just, yeah. It's like, a, it's like a, those are like my days off. Mm-hmm. Unless it's the Matt Hardy stuff. Yeah. Hardy stuff on <laughs> yeah. TNA. I won't watch any wrestling. And then Sunday, I, that, if I have to watch Throwback Madness or just 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 something for my for my own enjoyment, I'll do that on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's fair enough. Yeah, I just it's it's just a lot to keep up on, and I think it, it, it's pretty draining sometimes. Especially now we have the four big pay per view weeks where we get an NXT Takeover on Saturday. That adds another th- so. That's a 13-hour week over the course of five days. It's just a lot to do. Um, Kevin Owens is a champion. You feel a little disappointed with his run as Universal Champion? Yeah, because yeah, because sometimes he's not even the most important guy, and then he's made it look like a joke. He's kind of like he, he's not like quite like Seth Rollins, but he kind of is. Yeah, I uh, I agree with that completely. I think that they have misused him as, as entertaining as him and Jericho have been as a champion. He's been a little bit misused. I feel like this this might have been, uh, I, I guess he couldn't have gone to the U.S. title, but like this almost feels like something that would have been better off with the U.S. title or the Intercontinental Championship than the world title. Yeah, or if he just didn't have Jericho. Yeah. Yeah, which eventually I guess that will happen, but I don't know when. Uh, we have new tag team champions. The New Day's reign ended, I believe, at 483 days. Congratulations to the New Day. Like I said last week, nobody ever saw this coming. Them being the longest reigning champions in the history of WWE, but they did it. We've been saying for a while that they don't really need those titles anymore. Congratulations to Cesaro and Sheamus. Mick Foley said they could change the face of the tag team division, and now seemingly they've done that. I loved the tag match. Yeah, it was great. 
I love the finish too. Like I thought the way it finished, and then the way Kofi sold losing, like how it devastated was. he looked. The way Woods sold at, it, staring at the titles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that they gave the t- they actually went in the ring and handed the titles to them. I thought it made it really meaningful. Like they held those for so long, them actually not just leaving the ring and having the ref hand them. They actually took the time to hand the titles over. I did enjoy uh, them kind of feuding with each other with Cesaro out in the crowd and Sheamus uh-huh. celebrating in the ring. But yeah, I love this match. What are, what were your thoughts on we I know we expected Sheamus and Cesaro to win. What were your thoughts on how it was executed? I loved it. Like the story growth was there because we we saw Sheamus and Cesaro, they couldn't get along. They would match, but they couldn't get along. Mm-hmm. And now they in this match they worked together like a a well-oiled machine. Like the double team with the white noise and whatever he did, it didn't make any sense. It didn't look like a yeah. real double team. Like, what is this? But um I thought it was great. Like Cesaro sent at the neutralizer from the suplex position. I thought that was great. The crowd, like even though the New Day was baby faces and they became longest reign champions, the crowd was behind Sheamus and Cesaro. But like you said, the spot when um when um Sheamus Sheamus went for the bro kick and Woods pushed Kofi out the yeah. way, so that mm-hmm. I was like, okay, they might actually mm-hmm. take take this one. But then like you said the finish was great because it was actually a smart finish and quick thinking, and it's like okay, maybe Cesaro. Like Cesaro, teamwork. It's actual teamwork. <laughs> like Sheamus didn't know what Cesaro was doing, mm-hmm. but it actually helped benefited the team. And Sheamus yeah. got the roll up, and and it wasn't like a dumb roll up. It actually made sense for that quick roll up because Kofi was completely confused. So they yeah. actually outsmarted the new day. Yeah, like the, the look on Kofi's face sold the whole thing. Like just him sitting there, like I just got pinned and just can't believe it. Like how did this happen? Um, so I'm happy for those guys though because it, this could have not worked. This could have been a thing that they did for three weeks and then went away. But they stuck with it, and like you said, sometimes they don't give things time to develop. They let this develop, and now people actually are in on it. Like, the crowd is cheering for it. The crowd, like, I was looking forward to seeing these guys. Um, yeah, I thought this I thought this was arguably the match of the night. I'd still give it to the Iron Man match, but this was up there. And I, I love the performance by all five guys involved. Uh, do you think this helps the New Day a little bit that they're not coming out as tag team champions? Yeah, because they don't need it anymore. They can have like a new dimension yeah. to what they're doing. Um, Raw fully made that statement that, you know, I said you guys were going to change the face of this division. You did it. You proved me right. He introduced new Raw tag titles. What do you think of those? Better than those pennies. They're gold now, right? Mm-hmm. Not copper. <laughs> Kofi was so mad. I love that. It came out. You guys have this for one day, and you get new titles. I loved it. You got to walk around with those copper things. Yeah. Uh, I also liked that they still clap for your longest reigning tag team champ. Um, they also made the point, you know, Flair's not a 16-time champion without losing 15 times. That will be Charlotte in a week. Yeah. That, yeah, that <laughs> I thought was great that he said that. Yeah. Uh, we can't be three-time tag team champs without losing twice. So they're on a mission to win them back. Um, I thought this promo was... I feel like we've seen this too much. Yes. Where every tag team comes out and... This is when my eyes felt, my eyes closed. Yeah, th- it was too long. It was. It didn't go anywhere. Gallows and Anderson... Like, right when I started feeling like this is going on way too long, then Gallows and Anderson come out, I'm like, you, these are the last guys that needed to come out right yeah. now. I, I don't want to hear uh, Gallows calling anybody nerds anymore. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not funny. It's not Krosky, cool. too sweet me. I'm yeah, like, too sweet me. Ah, <laughs> nerds. Like, oh, come on. Then the Shining Star is completely unnecessary. <laughs> 
And then we get what was it? Was it, was it even in? I don't even know. I fast forward. Was it an eight man tag? Yeah. Dude, you were right. Is, the, you were right. The fast forward. Yeah. I couldn't. Yeah, I couldn't do it. Um, so what happens now <laughs> with the tag teams? I assume they get the rematch. And do they win them back, or do they? I don't think they win them back. I don't think so either. Um, like you said, they they don't really need them. The New Day are kind of their own segment of the show. They don't need those titles. They're entertaining regardless. Maybe now they could turn heel again, which I know everybody would like. I would like it. Yeah. Uh, Cruiserweights, we had the triple threat. Rich Swan defending against TJ Perkins and Brian Kendrick. One, how much were you looking forward to this match? I was. A lot. Uh, did it live up to what you wanted or expected? No. Maybe because the crowd was dead. Again, for mm-hmm. for cruiserweight match, but it, it didn't really seem like I expected. Now the ending was maybe my most important part of the, my most favorite part of the night. Well, Rich Swan wins. Neville comes out, who they put over as you know he trained Rich Swan. They were really good friends, and as Corey Graves would say, he laid waste to the cruiserweight division. He takes out everybody. Well, he takes out Swan and Perkins. Um, I love the way Swan sold it. Mm-hmm. You know, like he was upset that this guy betrayed him. I think this is good for Neville. It is. He's it gives team. him something to do. He's on TV. It's an actual story. And he's in a good spot for himself where he could he can be the top dog in this division. Yeah. WWE and Gravity remembered Neville. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, was, I was saying this when the Cruiserweight division first got announced. It's like, okay... You, I believe Neville's going to be the face of the division because the little kids love Neville. Neville's mm-hmm. actually established. And I, I was saying that, too. Like, why aren't guys like Neville and Kalisto in the Cruiserweight division? Because you actually need to, to get people excited and having those guys in the division with these guys that nobody knows and them actually putting over these new, these new guys will actually help the division some. How do you think he'll do as a heel, though? Because he is, like, a, a kid favorite. He'll be fine. Because I, I remember... If, a few months back that Eric wasn't a big fan. Now, like, Eric, like, Eric Neville can actually talk. Mm-hmm. He didn't believe it. Like, Neville, Neville can really talk, but they don't allow him to do anything. They, yeah. They threw a cape on him and said, hey, go out there. You're going <laughs> to go out there with Stephen Amell and yeah. fight Stardust and, and Wade Barrett. But he's act, he, Neville can actually talk. He actually he was NXT. Before Finn Balor came, Neville was NXT. Yeah, he was. I also enjoyed that on Raw the next night, he acknowledged that you know, I took out the champion, I took out my friend, and you people cheered me. I don't remember the last time you people cheered me. Um, and I don't want your pity. I don't want your cheers. I will obliterate the entire cruiserweight division. Uh, he told Swan, like, you skyrocketed because of me, and there's no, no, uh, no gratitude that you've shown towards me. I'm the king of the cruiserweights. Swan who I, I like more every week, I think. I feel like he's growing every week. Says, this title says I'm the best and you can't handle this, which I like that he's actually <laughs> now incorporating that into his promos. Is he still outlandish? I don't know. I hope not. <laughs> he doesn't need that name. Um, Kendrick. I loved Kendrick kissing up to Neville. I know. So good. <laughs> <laughs> even even after it happened at... at um, End of the line. He was just like walked out the ring, walked yeah. away from the state, walked out the ring. It was so good. Was like this like he was like, oh Neville, I was wondering where you've been. Like <laughs> I think you're so great, man. Like uh, I, I love that aspect of it. That he's being kind of a weasel. They take out uh, Perkins and Swan. I'm assuming we'll get a tag match with those four at some point. Two or five live. 
Oh, was it on there this mm-hmm. past week? Okay. Who won? I didn't watch it. Okay. Me Re- neither. Remember, <laughs> 10 hours of wrestling, bro. Yeah. I, oh, I remember. Um, but, but I yeah. love Austin Aries burying Michael Cole when he came right out. Uh, yeah, that was good. I still want my apologies. <laughs> We're going on what? Probably 10 months now? Yeah. But I will give him credit. He is really great on commentary. Him and Graves are great together. Yeah, uh, yeah I'm a fan of him on commentary. Yeah, he said it's a pleasure to be working with two of the best in the business, Corey Graves and myself. Yeah. <laughs> Do you notice he had a banana in his pocket and I not did. a handkerchief? Yeah. I think that, uh, I hope that that's a regular thing. That they have him on Raw to announce these matches. Yeah, because he he was he, even on Roadblock he was on that too, and he was on, and he was on Raw. Yeah, I, I I like it. I think it's good. I think it's actually it's actually a way to kind of bridge people to two hundred five live. Like you kind of give them a taste of what that show is, because I'm sure a lot of people have not watched it yet. So maybe you hear great the chemistry between Graves and Aries, and that sells you on watching the show. Which I think could happen because I think those guys are really good together. But I think the, I think this whole thing with Neville is a great thing for the cruiserweight division. It is because it's a guy that the whole Raw uh, crowd knows. You know, he's been there for a while. The crowd, for the most part, likes. Uh, I think this is really good for them. I think this may help. This may help some of these guys get over themselves. Yeah. You know, like because, like you said, that a lot of these cruiserweight matches, there's no crowd reaction to it. Unfortunately, I kind of feel bad for these guys. Uh, the other story, Cedric Alexander with the KG veteran, <laughs> Alicia Fox, against Noam Dar. I liked him dedicating, I, so I didn't know this because I haven't been watching 205 Live, but when he beat Alexander, I love that he dedicated his win to Alicia Fox. Um, then after he lost, uh, he said, you know, we're not even because you, you still have the beautiful Alicia Fox. <laughs> and all I want for Christmas is you. Loved that he's now at least Alicia one Alicia Fox is part of the story, so it at least means something that they're doing this, and it's like a story for these two guys at least. So the savvy vet is the prize of the cruiserweight division. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and I, I love a Scottish accent wherever I can get it. I thought it was a good addition to Raw this week. I definitely won't fast forward through a Scottish <laughs> accent, um, but yeah, I think the cruiserweights are looking up after the last two or three days. I'm not ready to invest in 205 Live yet, but at least I'm, it, it gives something for the cruiserweights on Raw to do and probably add something to their show. Where's Tony Nice? I don't know. Oh, well, this was his last indie show, right? Yep. Last Friday. Kind of cool that his last indie show was in Philadelphia at House of Hardcore. Um, yeah, I think we'll see him back soon. I don't know how far they're going to let him go, obviously, but I think we'll see him back on Raw in the next couple weeks. Zayn and Strowman, we got the full 10 minutes, which ended up in a win for Sami Zayn. I kind of didn't like that so much, that that was a win. Especially because he got killed for the vast majority of it. And also, what I like about it even less, and tell me if you agree with this or not, the match ended with Sami Zayn getting the better of it. Like It it looked like he was about to win. Mm -hmm. So... The whole point is that Sammy Sammy can look good by lasting the 10 minutes, whereas Braun Strowman, maybe he didn't win, but at least he was dominant. Why do you have Strowman looking like he was about to lose? Exactly. And and Sammy just ran out of time to beat Braun Strowman. Well, I didn't mind that because Sammy Zayn, you still, even though he had the last 10 minutes, you still want to have him at least get 
at least one upper upper hand on Braun Strowman. So I didn't actually mind that. My thing was like, okay, he could last ten minutes. Just do, just say, okay, you last ten minutes. He could still finish the match. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, I'm fine with him having the upper hand at some point. I just don't think it should have ended that way, where it looked like, oh, he had Braun Strowman on the ropes and Braun Strowman was saved by the bell, basically. Like it really should have been the other way around, where Sammy was hanging on to last that ten minutes, not. Braun hanging on to survive for the last 10 minutes. So that that part I didn't get. Although they made up for it the next night because Strowman dominated the whole everybody on the whole show. Him throwing Sin Cara through the, <laughs> through the trees was awesome. Was it like, was good. Uh, yeah. Uh, are you excited at all for Strowman? No. So he hasn't grown on you at all? Well, they booked him properly. I'll give him that. Like Ever since Survivor Series and that, that whole Jericho scarf thing, <laughs> he's been perfectly. But you don't feel any type of investment in him? No. Um, well, I don't want to see him doing things important, but... <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I, but he, he's been booked properly, and we already know he's going to be facing Roman Reigns. He'll probably be the next U.S. champion. Yeah. So, Rusev and Big Cass. <laughs> How did that match end? I didn't watch the pre-show. Count out. Count out. Double count out, or Rusev won by count? Rusev won by count out. Okay. Uh, Enzo is back, wearing his own wig from WWE shop. <laughs> uh... Cass got DQ'd against Rusev for just mercilessly beating him. We've seen this before in other matches. Uh, we ended up with this whole sensitivity training thing. <laughs> Thank goodness we have these big-time Hollywood writers to give us gems like this. <laughs> to me, that was the worst segment of the whole show. Yeah. Everything about it was just terrible. I thought Enzo was fine. The highlight of it was uh, when she said about his certification, he said, don't need it, I'm already certified. I thought that was a great line. But other than that, this whole thing was completely unnecessary and a waste yeah. of time. She's no Dr. Shelby. No, she's not. That would have actually made this a little better. Rusev and Jinder Mahal beat up. Ginger Mahal? Yeah, Ginger Mahal beat up uh, Enzo. Lana gives him another slap to the face. Where is this going? Nowhere. Okay, as long, as long as we're on the same page with that, because it doesn't feel like it's going anywhere either. Do you have any other thoughts on Raw or Roadblock before we move on to SmackDown? I kind of hated it. Yeah, I did not. I thought the, the previous three weeks were pretty good. And this week I feel like they took a huge step back. Yeah. They're still doing the good things. It just wasn't good. No, it was, from beginning to end it wasn't good. And there was a lot of time wasters on the, out of the three hours. I would guess at least an hour was just wasted time. Uh, SmackDown, we had the much-hyped AJ Styles versus James Ellsworth championship match. JBL, I thought, had some real great lines during this. He hates him so much. He does, saying, like, this is like Custer going into a little bighorn, <laughs> I thought was hilarious. Um, I did enjoy, I was hoping that this is how it would go. It was literally just an immensely quick, savage beating. Like, he... Ellsworth coming in being cocky at first, like really thinking I have AJ's number, <laughs> and then AJ ending it within 60 seconds. Not even using his finisher. <laughs> it was a combination. Yeah, he just used a combination and laid him out, just destroying him after the match, the kind of awkward announce table spot that happened. I don't know really what that was supposed to be. Him uh, slingshotting him into the, the rod under the ring. I really enjoyed that. He just really took out all that frustration on Ellsworth. I've done every important thing in 2016. I'm already ready to move on to 2017. 
I liked AJ's segment in the opening. Mm-hmm. Then we get Ziggler coming out, and immediately I'm just like, <laughs> "This, I'm already." Yeah, down same thing. All you, all you do is lose. Same, same old thing. I'll give him credit. He's starting to grow a, a decent beard, <laughs> which I don't know if I've ever seen from Ziggler before. But here's here's what bothers me. He comes out and says, "You know, AJ, I put my career on the line. I went through hell for the Intercontinental Championship, and I came out on top. What do you think I'll do for the World Championship?" It's like, uh, yeah, you did do that." But you pretty much immediately lost the Intercontinental Championship right back. So to me, that doesn't mean anything. I just, I don't see Ziggler as belonging here. Like I said, he couldn't beat the Miz for the Intercontinental Championship. Why does he get elevated to the World Championship? It makes no sense to me. But he told Baron Corbin he earned it. Yeah. He did tell him he earned it. Corbin said you only earned it because I wasn't here. And here's something I'll give SmackDown credit for. While I'm sitting here like I just don't buy Ziggler as a challenger, now they get Corbin involved. And I think I even said last week I'd much rather be Baron Corbin than Dolph Ziggler. Now we get a match with Ziggler and Corbin with the number one contendership on the line. Was it a technical wrestling match? Yeah. (laughs) The best thing Dolph Ziggler's done all year was that. Where's the heck? No headgear? (laughs) No headgear, no singlet. Um, Yeah, I feel like... It moved up for me with the fact that now Corbin's involved. Obviously, the match ends in a double countout. AJ takes them both out with a chair, but Daniel Bryan makes next week triple threat match. Was it next week or two weeks? Next, I don't next week. Okay, so next week we get a triple threat championship match. Ziggler versus AJ versus Corbin. Pretty clear AJ's going to win. But I, I liked it now because we talked about this for a while. They made Corbin a really high draft pick and then didn't do anything with him. Mm-hmm. At least now they're putting him in a prominent position. How, how do you feel about Are you good with this? Do you think they should have done this better? Do you think this is a step up from it just being Dolph Ziggler in the title hunt? Well, we already knew Dolph Ziggler was just a, was just a, a, a holding, pa- a holding mm-hmm. pattern for AJ in the WWE title. But I like this. I like this. A whole new, a, a different kind of aspect to the match. Don't Baron Corbin in there because Baron Corbin, he is, a, he is a good heel. He's not good at talking on TV because you could just tell he was trying to remember his lines. In the opening, in the opening promo. Do you think though? I, I felt like he was better talking to Dolph in the ring than he is backstage. Yeah, because back because backstage in the ring, he's he, legitimately just reading. Yeah, in the <laughs> ring he had to remember. Yeah. It's, it's like this guy's also on talking smack, but mm-hmm. anytime else it's like okay, guy, like come on. Yeah, but I I'm looking forward to this match. Baron Corbin, he's been good. He's been good since coming to the, w, the main WWE roster, and he's never been in the ring with AJ yet. So I'm interested to see it because AJ makes brings out the best in everybody. Mm-hmm. I loved AJ on commentary, basically openly rooting for Dolph Ziggler <laughs> because he did not want to face Baron Corbin. He had a, a line at one point, I guess, when they kept talking about all the accolades between Ziggler and Corbin. I loved AJ saying, oh, I'm really glad you guys told me everything these guys accomplished. It's really <laughs> great. Like, he was so annoyed just hearing about everything they did. Um, yeah, I think it's looking up. I'm looking forward to that match as well. And like I said, I'm glad that they invested something in Corbin. They made it seem like he was important. Now they're at least putting him into an important position. Especially coming on the heels of him winning in Survivor Series and telling Daniel Bryan, I deserve this. I deserve to be in a prominent position. And now he's getting put there. Um, do you think... How long do you think it'll be before Corbin is actually a legitimate threat? To Or will he be? To what, AJ? Yeah, like a world, a world championship. Uh well, whenever WWE decides, because they have 
when it comes to the titles, it's like they have no bay faces. They don't. They have no heels. It goes back and forth. It depends who holds the title. Whenever next baby, whoever next, whoever next baby faces to hold a title, I'm sure Corbin will be Corbin will be one of the first heels to get the title shot. Do you think he will win one in the next year or no? Yes. Okay. Um, last bit on kind of the main story. I have one thing I loved and one thing I hated about James Ellsworth. That he's gone. Well, I love. Well, that. I don't want him to be gone. I, I like him being part of the show. I loved how bandaged up he was. Oh, so good. Later in the night. The head wrapped, the neck brace. He's got a brace on his wrist. He's wearing a walking boot on each foot. <laughs> he couldn't even talk. That part I loved. What I don't get is what is what is going on with Carmella? <laughs> what is What could this possibly be? Oh, God. Do you have any idea what this, where this is going to go? Or what this is going to be? Oh, did you hear JBL? <laughs> he was so bad. I, kinda, yeah. I know you love a serious JBL. Like, I do. What is he bottom feeding now? <laughs> <laughs> what is up with Carmella? Yeah, I, I don't get it. Do you, do you get it or no? No. Do you see any promise with this? I have no idea what this is. Although I can, maybe it's good because it's. I think it's good to not know what's happening sometimes. So. Okay. I, I'm... Is it bad to say I'm looking forward to looking forward to this? No, I just I don't get it. I'm curious to find out what it is. I don't, and I don't know what it's going to be. <laughs> Poor big cat. Like it, it would be one thing if if she was doing this with someone who could benefit her. I don't know how this benefits her in any way, or what he could possibly do for her. I I really don't know. Poor big cast. I know. Well, at least at least big cast knows that this guy is no threat to him. <laughs> <laughs> um. Intercontinental Championship. The Miz still on his never-ending Intercontinental Championship tour. Gets a rematch with Apollo Cruz. Match was okay. They found Apollo Cruz. They did find him. Uh, they put him in the ring where he belongs. Um, Maurice was actually banished from ringside, which doesn't always happen. The Miz got the win anyway with an eye poke and the sky-crushing finale. But that was not the real story with The Miz last night. Renee Young interviews him after the match, which I found odd. I was like, okay, I don't get why he's getting interviewed after this match. She asked about his obsession with Dean Ambrose. He said, me obsessed? You're the one who's sleeping with him. And then she slapped him and walked off. Do you think, because I saw some stories that maybe that was not in the script. Do you think he went off script, or do you think that's what he what was supposed to be said? With it, the way SmackDown was last night, I think that was how the script was supposed to go. Really? Yes. Okay. That's what I assume, too. I don't think he would take it upon himself to just say that to her. I wrote one word in that section. Mm-hmm. Goat. Yeah. <laughs> well, he got good heat from it. Uh, I thought it put it put Renee in a Like you said, it, it made Renee turn unprofessional, which, to me, that's a good heel move. Like, she couldn't even handle what he had said to her. Um, and this is another moment of JBL... Super serious. That turned awkward quick. Like he, <laughs> they were all just sitting, sitting there, stunned that that had just happened. But then Tom Phillips started talking, and my immediate thought, as I wrote in my notes, why the hell is Tom Phillips there <laughs> cutting into Mauro Ronaldo's airtime? Uh, why? Uh, Honestly, get rid of Atunga, get rid of Tom Phillips, let Mauro and JBL be a very good two-man announce crew. I don't understand why they added somebody else to that commentary team. Have you heard him add anything to commentary? Ben and Otunga. Well, yeah, but, <laughs> I mean, we could get anybody 
to go in there and be better than a tongue. I think a tongue talks more now. Uh, uh, yeah, I just I feel like it's it's just stupid. It is. There's no reason for it. There's no point to it. It's not enhancing anything. If anything, there's just too many people talking now. And here's another problem I have with it. The whole thing with the draft was Raw's a three-hour show. SmackDown's a two-hour show. So Raw gets three draft picks to every two for SmackDown. They could have just said Raw gets three announcers to SmackDown's two, but instead they forced David Atunga down our throats, and now the two-hour show gets four announcers instead of three. It just Everything about it is backwards. And it's something that really is annoying me. And every week it's probably going to annoy me a little more. So I'll probably cut a promo on it every week from here on out <laughs> until it's done. And hopefully, if I have my choice between my apology from Austin Aries or getting Tom Phillips and David Atunga off the SmackDown commentary, Austin Aries, I would let you off the hook. Well, Raw wants to add a fourth at Austin Aries permanently. I'd be fine with that because he's actually good at it, and he'd actually be enhancing commentary. And it might be less time for Michael Cole to talk. Him and Graves just destroying Byron. Yeah, I'm totally fine with that. Um, Also kind of in the intercontinental picture because The Miz is allegedly obsessed with Dean Ambrose. Harper and Dean had a match. Ambrose won but got beat down by the Wyatts afterwards. The Miz comes out. Uh, Another phrase that that they've been using a lot lately. Uh, picking the bones clean. The Miz comes out, hits him with a skull-crushing finale while he's already down. So I, I guess we kind of know this is a legit feud that's going to continue going on. Dean and The Miz. Yeah. Is Dean going to win the Intercontinental Championship from The Miz? I don't think so. But I, I like I like this because we were saying, what's, what's The Miz going to do now after, after being done with, after being done with Dolph? Because there's no really faces for you to believe that I can actually be in the face. So I'll, I've always said, even when Ambrose was champion, I didn't feel, I didn't think he was actually champion. I didn't feel like he was a champion. I mean, people want him to be at a higher level, but he just doesn't really do it for me. Mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm, I'm not the only one that feels that way, but he just does, as a character in the ring, he just doesn't really do it for me. So this mid-card level, I can actually buy him in the mid-card, not, in the, not as the world champion. Do you think Dean addresses what The Miz said at any point? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm looking forward to this, too. I think it's good. I'm I'm glad that we have a set thing for The Miz. Because the last thing I want to see is we've been talking him up all this time, and then they send him on this kind of wandering path with nothing really good to do. Um, The women? Yes. Alexa Bliss faking the leg injury with Daniel Bryan. Um... I like that she asked what's Becky's punishment going to be, and he said, okay, her punishment is she gets to be in a title match with you next week. Just sticking it right to her. And then she has a match tonight, or she has to drop the title. One, what did you think of her segment with Daniel Bryan? Fun. I thought it was good, too. And what did you think of her match with La Luchadora? Fun. Because she was so mad. Like I think the part where she was rolling rolling her over with the, in the body, so she's like, get off me, you can hear her yelling. Because she didn't expect that, because she just thought she was facing mm-hmm. a jobber. How many? How long did it take you to know that it was going to be Becky Lynch? I knew. When, when, when she was a luchador, I knew it was Becky Lynch. I felt the same way. I was like, all right, well, this is going to be Becky. It was clear. The funny thing, I, I just kept looking for any little bit of face to tell if it was her. It was clear they watched No Mercy 2000 <laughs> when they before wrote this show. Yes. What was that, the Conquistadors? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I actually thought this match was fun. It was fun. Because Becky, in a whole different style, mm-hmm. and then putting her in the disarmor was a great touch. Yeah. Um, JBL, somebody arrest her for impersonating a luchador. <laughs> 
JBL, like I said, I didn't like him when I first started watching again. I actually am a fan of him now. Another little thing to add to this story, they have a title match next week. I'm on the fence as to whether I want Becky to win the title back or not, though. Not yet. Like, I kind of, I really like Alexa having it. And I think she has earned it. And I think it'll mean more if Becky has to wait a little longer to get it back. Do you think Alexa wins cleanly next week, or do you think she wins in a heel win? Heel. Um, you're cool with what they're doing with this storyline, though, with the two of them? Mm-hmm. Perfectly um, cool with it. Will Will Alexa be selling the leg injury again next week? No. Dan <laughs> Bryan, got, he, has, he has the scoops on that. <laughs> All right. Then we had the other women's category, the women's segment with Natty, Nikki, and Carmella. A very serious Natty comes out and asks Nikki to come out so she could explain. Beautiful that Carmella comes right out after <laughs> Nikki. Like, didn't waste any time. Throws Natty right under the bus. Gets Natty to admit it. Um, which led to, I thought, a great promo from Natty. This is so funny. It, it reminded me of um, 8 Mile when um, Eminem and his guys are fighting the free... <laughs> A fight in the free world, and Cheddar Bob shoots the gun in the air. You want to mess with us, yeah? You want to mess with us? <laughs> it was great. Just because, yeah, bitch. Yeah, <laughs> she, yeah, she dropped bitch twice <laughs> yeah. in that segment, which is which to me, and why I enjoyed that is because they've had Natty be very silly for most of the last month, like the quoting song lyrics as if they're like actually like inspiring things that she's saying. I, I missed that. Yeah, but but I thought this was good that now she's angry, like she got caught. Like, the jig is up, and now she got caught, so now she's just angry. And she said, like, the harshest things to Nikki, that you don't have any talent. You may be beautiful on the outside. You may be beautiful on the inside, but but you don't have any charisma. You have nothing to offer. John will never marry you. And even which just leads Nikki to say, I thought you were my friend. Like, segment just ends. I actually like this for Natty. I don't know, again, where this is going to go. I don't know if it just continues to be a three-woman feud. I love that she chased Carmella right out. I think Carmella's been chased out the last two weeks. <laughs> then she found her. So maybe James Ellsworth would be her bodyguard yeah, against the two women. Knight in shining armor. Yeah, I have no idea. But would you prefer the silly natty or do you like the serious heel natty? Well, um, it's only one week because even, even when, like, this whole thing, this has been the most intriguing mystery since who ran over Stone Cold Steve mm-hmm. <laughs> This whole time, I was like, I just kept thinking about, I did it with The Rock. I just, I just, I just thought about that the whole time. But I like the promo because Natty has been overlooked. Like I said, SmackDown does a lot of shooting, and Natty is quote unquote wrestling royalty. She is mm-hmm. a, she is a heart. So Natalia Nightheart. Yeah, exactly. So this act, this actually. Are facts and everybody. That's the the main knock on the bells is they didn't get to where they are because of their talent. They got it because they look. They just happened to get better through the time, but they get what they they get the things they get because of their looks. Mm-hmm. And then anything to a, any total divas things more. I need more of that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You I, love a total divas shout out. I I, I I need total divas shoots because Nick because Nikki has to feel so bad going backstage like he's really not going to marry me <laughs> because th- there was an episode of total divas where um. Natty didn't want to change her last name to Wilson. Mm-hmm. So Brie and Nikki were getting on her about that. And and when they left the elevator, Brie was like, Mrs. Danielson is leaving the elevator. Nah. And, then, and then Nikki said, soon to be Mrs. Cena is, is going, to the, <laughs> going to bed as well. And I was like, that's not happening. <laughs> that, that's not happening. <laughs> is that still a theme? 
on Total Bellas or Total Divas, John not wanting to get married? Yes. He's still steadfast that he yeah. does not want to marry her? Yeah. Well, well, he said he doesn't want kids. He mm-hmm. said he's open to marriage, but he doesn't want kids. Interesting. Um, yeah. Uh, well, they say when someone shows you who they are, believe them. So <laughs> he's not beating around the bush, at least. Uh, but I do like that that's playing a part. And I love them incorporating any digs at her about Cena, whether it's that you're where you are because of John, whether it's that he won't marry her, the, whatever it is. Whether like you know you're not you're not good enough for him, whatever the case may be, I love those digs at her because it's not something they actually talk about about her. Like commentary never mentions it. I like that it's like it's a legitimate dig that just the wrestlers are giving to her. Um, and I even enjoyed the part where Carmella kind of said like, you know, you said that you know when they went on the, on their own, nobody was interested in them. Like she was saying things that Natty told her about Nikki and Brie. And then Natty came in, well, I told you that in confidence. That's not really, like, an excuse. Or not her saying I didn't say it. She's like, well, I told you that in confidence. You shouldn't be saying it out loud. So I did enjoy this segment. I'm encouraged with where this is going to go. Uh, was SmackDown better than Raw this week? Yes. Do you have any other thoughts from SmackDown before we move on? I still wish it was Eva Marie instead of Natty. Me too. It would have <laughs> been a lot better. Eva Marie did get the shout-out on Raw last week, at least. For a brief second, we thought she may have been getting traded to Raw. So... so- you tell me she's not coming? She's not coming, unfortunately, Graves. <sighs> she's not coming, Graves, unfortunately. Um, NXT, as I mentioned, I have not had a chance to watch it. I will catch up over Christmas weekend. So, anything I need to know from NXT this past week? Well, they showed the Shinsuke Nakamura-Samoa Joe steel cage match from, mm-hmm. from Melbourne. Of course, Shinsuke retains. There was a great spot where... Friend of the show, Shivani, I believe, was in attendance. Oh, she was. She was there. <laughs> the cage almost broke. <laughs> really? Yeah, because when they brought the cage down, it, it was um, breaking. It hmm. was falling apart. But um, there was a great ending to the match because Nakamura hit a Kinshasa, and then they opened the door, and then he was about to walk out the door, but then he decided to shut it, and he delivered two more Kinshasas to get the victory. So that, that story is done. We got Ty Dillinger against Eric Young. The rest of Sanity interferes, so... so Ty Dillinger advances to that fatal four-way. Andrade Almas beat Ho- no, no Way Jose to, to get into that fatal four-way as well. Billy Kay and Payne Royce cut a promo talking about Deanna Perrazzo. And now that Billy um, Billy Kay is going to face Deanna Perrazzo next week on NXT. Well, this week on NXT. Bobby Roode defeated Oni, Oni Lorcan to get into that fatal okay. four-way as well. And the uh, Roderick Strong defeated the returning Elias Sampson, who sung a long, horrible song. Yeah. During his entrance. So, what is longer, that song or the amount of time it'll be before he drifts away again? The song. Okay. <laughs> so you think it's in the cards that yes. Elias Samson won't? Well, it'll be short lived. Yes. <laughs> um. So, do you feel like NXT is starting to trend upwards the last couple weeks, or it's about the same? It's it's trending upwards because there's actually more story. That the actual say a lot like. The four matches, well, the opponents th- that the winners faced, they were kind of like a lot of a reach. It's like Oni Lorcan and um, No Way Jose for NXT Top mm-hmm. Attention. That's a bit of a reach, but it's actually it's, it's actually getting better. I'm, I'm sure you could assume who won the Fatal 4-Way. It's going to face Nakamura at, at TakeOver San Antonio. Whatever happened to the cool name for TakeOvers? I don't know. But they're, apparently they're going. But 
NXT seems to be seems to be on on the on the on, on the up because I'm I'm more I'm really excited after that Nikki Cross Oscar conversation last mm-hmm. week because I think that's gonna be a thing for NXT for takeover coming up and the women's division that is that's actually being built up and there's actually been a lot of more story intrigue since yeah. in NXT now. Um, so the last thing I'll get to before we get to some listener questions. One of my issues is that, you know, when I started watching wrestling again, started watching NXT, it was like kind of younger, up-and-coming stars that were developing. Like, I was literally watching NXT, seeing this is the next wave of what I'm going to be watching on Raw and SmackDown. Are you seeing anyone that's stepping into those roles, or is it still just more older, more established stars? More older, established guys. Are you seeing anyone that's starting to make a name for themselves that's like a younger, next-in-line person, or not really? No, because most of the guys are established. For whatever reason, Ty Dillinger is still down there. And then the I would say Billy Kay and Payne Royce, that's about it. But everybody else seems to be ready to be an established name. All right. Um, <coughs> so with that, listener questions. Who do we got this week? We got a question from the Babyface Ronald Lloyd. Okay. Two questions. Two-parter. Okay. Are we the wrestle fans? the reason Roman Reigns can't turn heel? If we want him to turn heel, do we need to stop booing him? I believe as long as we continue to, as long as we continue booing him, he'll never turn heel. So, I would like to think that we as fans have some influence on what is going on. Unfortunately, I don't think we do. I think Vince sees him as this is the guy, and that's just how it's going to be. I, I think whether we cheer or boo, I don't think it makes any difference to him. I think it's what he wants to do, and that's what he's going to do. How about you? I agree because we're in, we're in a different age now, so it's like just because you boo him doesn't mean just because just you boo him now doesn't mean I'm gonna turn him heel mm-hmm. because we're in, we're in a different age now. So Roman Reigns, people may boo him, but he is a cash cow, and then he he's the he's the guy that, that he pre, pre, pre presents to his stockholders like okay, this is my guy, mm-hmm. and this guy who he's the guy who actually draws. Yeah. <clears throat> the other question is: Is Sasha Banks in wrestling purgatory? In my opinion, she hasn't been afforded long title reigns because she's not always over as a face as Bailey and then I struggle for Hill as Charlotte. Although I'm a huge Sasha, Sasha fan, I feel like she's the Donovan McNabb of the Royal Women's Division. She just can't get over the hump of winning at a pay-per-view. Will Sasha fans be, est- be ever satisfied with how she's handled? Okay, so <coughs> my feeling about this is, yes, I do believe she's in purgatory right now because they're, they're putting her in a position where she's not able to thrive. I do think over the course of her career, we'll remember her as she's a really good baby face, but an even better heel. Um, I don't know why they're not pulling the trigger on her. I don't know if it's these rumors are true that Vince doesn't trust her to stay healthy. I have no idea what it is. I would not put her in the class of being the Donovan McNabb of you know the women's division. Has she thrown up? She hasn't thrown up, to my knowledge. <laughs> um... But what, what I think is, she I do believe that she is the best one out of all of them on that roster. I believe she's just not being... Unfortunately, it's not up to her. Like, Donovan McNabb went out there, his play spoke for itself. Sasha Banks, what she does in the ring, it does speak for itself, but it's still up to someone else to let her get these pay-per-view wins or to get these title reigns. So I don't think it's her shortcomings... I think it's that Vince is just putting other people, putting Charlotte in that spot instead of her. Because if you think about it, Charlotte's best matches, I feel like, have all been with Sasha. 
Becky Lynch's best match to me was her match at Takeover Unstoppable. Unstoppable with Sasha Banks. Bailey's best matches were with Sasha Banks. Everyone on that roster, their best matches have been when they were in the ring with Sasha. So to me, I think she is the best one. I don't believe that Charlotte is a better heel than Sasha is. I believe Charlotte is being allowed to be a great heel, and Sasha is being handcuffed. So I don't know if it's ever going to change, but I do still think that potential, she is the best one out of that division. What are your thoughts? I agree. You, you, you took all the words I had to say. She, it's not like NXT. NXT, you're allowed more freedom. And on WWE roster, you're not. It's like you can do what I tell you to do. And then they try to turn her. They try to make her heal, but the fans just just loved her. They weren't. They were not going to boo. They 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 had her sing in her hometown just to get booed. Yeah. And not not good booze, bad booze. Like shut up. It was a sh- mm-hmm. like a shut up booze. So it's like these guys tried everything to get her booed, but the fans actually love her. Yeah. So, and another thing, and this is something that annoys me, if, if it's true that Vince doesn't trust her with a long title reign, she held the NXT Women's title for seven months, and she was holding that title while Finn Balor was going for the title and winning the title. And I don't really feel like he overshadowed her or outshined her. She, to me, she was every bit as big as him. Yeah. We, we saw that in the flesh at TakeOver Brooklyn. That was the attraction, more so than the ladder match between Samoa Joe and Finn Balor. So, I don't know why. If NXT is truly a minor league, it's a proving ground. To me, she proved she could have a successfully long run with a title. The only reign I think that was more significant was probably Bailey's, But I think Sasha could have held that title for another seven months and nobody would have got tired of it. I think it would have probably kept getting better. There's more she could have done in NXT, they just brought them up. So, yeah, I think, unfortunately, it's just not her. It's not up to her. She's doing the best she can. She's doing the best work. It's just that she's not being rewarded for it. Yeah, and then she's been off TV two, three times mm-hmm. in, this year. And then a lot, of th- heel, a lot of things we love about Sasha she, that are heel things she does in her matches. It's mm-hmm. just the fact that she's the baby face. Like, even in, that match, in the match at the end of the line, she said, your daddy loved me more yeah. to Charlotte. I don't know if anybody caught that, mm-hmm. but she did say that to Charlotte in the match. Yeah. How more, how, how more heel, heel is that? She's like the opposite of Roman Reigns, whereas he's a baby face that keeps getting pushed as a baby face through merciless booze, and she should be a heel that people won't stop cheering for. So, I don't know. It's a tough position. Well, this is a good transition to our next mm-hmm. question from Donovan Lowdown Lord, no relation. <laughs> is Charlotte really the greatest women's wrestler of all time? No, she's not. Um, she's probably had the most significant run of all time, like this past 10 or so months. Um, but no, she's not the greatest of all time. She's got, there's a certain amount of longevity. That has to take place with that. And also, like I said, to me, Sasha Banks brings the best out of her opponent all the time. Charlotte, I don't think, necessarily does that. Charlotte herself is great. Her promos have are always great. They've gotten better over the last year. I think her matches are typically good. She obviously, athletically, she's unparalleled, uh, almost even by most of the men. Um, but I don't think that she gets the best out of who's in the ring with her, whereas Sasha does. Like I said, all these women, if you look at their best matches, most likely it was with Sasha Banks. You can't say the same for Charlotte. So do you think Charlotte is the greatest women's wrestler of all time? This would be like 
the biggest argument to take any time because you get you can argue Trish and Lita they didn't have these opportunities the women have now so you can ar- quickly go back and forth with this all day, all day you want at one point Trish was like the first thing Trish was like the like the first of a rare breed mm-hmm. we never saw a woman really that could actually wrestle actually be out, go out there and be a great baby face and go out there and be a great heel now Charlotte if you're talking about from a, an in-ring wrestler you can make an argument Sasha Banks too I think do I? It's debatable that she will be number one, but like you said, Sasha. Nobody has everybody's best match has been with Sasha Banks, mm-hmm. not with Charlotte. But if you're going down as a character in, in the total package on the WWE on the WWE level, not minding NXT because NXT sometimes they want to acknowledge it, sometimes they don't. I would say Charlotte. As of now, mm-hmm. but you have to allow, but when it's all said and done, and also they're women, so women have shorter careers. So Trisha's career, Trisha's run was, I'd say, it was, it was six years. She came in February 2000, mm-hmm. left September 2006. So about six six years and some change. So Charlotte's been there already three. Do you want to count Tyler Reigns? Okay, okay, whatever. Trish developed a year and a half later in her career as a heel. So. It's it's easy. It's debatable, but as a, to, as a total package, Charlotte has the potential to go down as the greatest women's wrestler. Yeah, she of all does, time. but I don't think she's there yet. Um, and even if you look at just her NXT run, I feel like Sasha was significantly more the memorable NXT superstar yeah. than Charlotte was. Yeah, because Charlotte was the, the clean cut babyface in mm-hmm. NXT, but when she came to WWE, they weren't having that. Mm-hmm. They booed her. So yeah, yeah, there was a reason when those two came up. One was beloved immediately, and one. Took some time to get over. Yeah. And his other, well, he, this is another little bit of a silly question. Silly mm-hmm. question. Are we just going to act like Charlotte hasn't been using Alexa Bliss wipe off the feet taunt? <laughs> I, I guess. I guess most of us are. Yeah. That's a good point and a good observation. <laughs> his other question is: Who are you hoping slash expecting to come out of the Royal? R- well, who are you hoping slash expecting to come out at the Royal Rumble this year? Okay. I'm not usually good at this, like the predicting who's going to be in. I think last year I was hoping for AJ Styles, and we got it. I think this year, who I'm expecting, I, I'm expecting Ty Dillinger to come out as number 10 in the Royal Rumble. <laughs> I think they're missing a, They're missing the boat if they don't do that. They were doing that House of Hardcore, too. When yeah, they, when, really? when, when people were on the outside doing the, <laughs> the reference count, everybody just kept saying 10. <laughs> so that's who I'm expecting. Who I'm hoping... And so this is hope, so it doesn't have to be realistic. My hope is Kurt Angle. Yes. <laughs> How about you? I'll, I'll say Kurt Angle as well, but also Finn Balor. Okay, that would be awesome. That's a hope or an expectation? Or both? Uh, I would say both because he's saying that he's not going to be ready, but like I said, these guys. You can protect the guy in the Royal Rumble. Exactly. You can just have him come at number 20, and you can easily protect him, not use his shoulder that much. Mm-hmm. And, and then you could just have him not wrestle for a while. Yeah. But I think Finn, I think I'm expecting and hoping Finn Balor returns because I wonder what this would look like without Finn Balor, with, with Finn Balor in the title scene. Yeah, I'm ready for it. And I feel like this benefited him because we got like the quick taste of it, and then it got taken away. And I think people will be hungry to see him when he comes back. Oh, and Samoa Joe. I need Samoa yeah. Joe to come in the Rumble. That'd be awesome. I hope for that too. That's Actually, it for questions for tonight. That's it for questions. Yeah, you have you have something else to say. 
Uh, no, I don't. Oh. I was just going to lead us into you. Alo is going to introduce our categories for the first ever year-end Matt Madness Awards, which we will be recording next week. Will be available next Thursday. So, Alo, what do you got? All right, so we have ten categories for you guys. It's going to be five nominees for each category. So, for the first award, we have the Talking All This Madness Award. <laughs> the nominees are Chris Jericho, Charlotte Flair. Had to do, had to do, had to mm-hmm. Flair in. Yeah, because I love it so much. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin Owens, The Miz, AJ Styles. Okay, and just in case anyone is not sure what the Talking All This Madness Award is, it is basically the best talker. Yes. Okay. Rivalry of the Year. Sasha Banks versus Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Dolph Ziggler versus The Miz. Mm-hmm. Finn Balor versus Samoa Joe. Okay. AJ Styles versus John Cena. Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn. Okay, not not uh, Darren Young versus uh, versus Titus O'Neil. Nah. No, didn't quite make the cut. Almost. <laughs> Almost. People were raving about that. <laughs> Tag team of the year. The day of new. <laughs> The Revival, DIY, Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa, American Alpha, and Enzo and Big Cass. Okay. Markout moment of the year. AJ Styles' debut, Shane McMahon jumping off the cell, Shane McMahon's return, Goldberg's return, and Bailey's debut at Battleground. Okay, I know what I'm not going to pick. <laughs> <laughs> Women's match of the year. Sasha Banks versus Charlotte, Hell in a Cell. Sasha Banks versus Charlotte versus Becky Lynch, WrestleMania 32. Sasha Banks versus Charlotte, Raw, Falls Count Anywhere, November 27th. Mickey James versus Asuka, NXT TakeOver Toronto. And Asuka versus Bayley, NXT TakeOver Dallas. Okay. Women's Superstar of the Year. Charlotte Flair, Sasha Banks, Becky Lynch, Bayley, Asuka. Okay. Show of the Year. Payback. Survivor Series, Battleground, NXT TakeOver Dallas, Extreme Rules. Okay. Superstar of the Year, Roman Reigns, AJ Styles, Kevin Owens, Dean Ambrose, Finn Balor. In the match of the year, John Cena versus AJ Styles from SummerSlam, Sami Zayn versus Shinsuke Nakamura, NXT TakeOver Dallas, DIY Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa against the Revival, NXT TakeOver Toronto, Johnny Gargano versus Tommaso Ciampa from the CWC, and Sasha Banks versus Charlotte from Raw 1127, Falls Count Anywhere. Hmm. So, that's all 10 categories? Yes. Every nominee? Yes. So, we will actually have all four hosts of the Matt Madness Show on next week. We hopefully will have some special guests to come in and chime in on each award. Um, should be a fun show. Looking forward to it. Something different we've never done before. A lot uh, of yelling. Yeah, there may be. Um, if anyone wants to get their opinions heard, you can always shout out to us on Facebook. We'll post them on there. Um, I don't know. I'm looking forward to this. I'm looking forward. We're going to basically, what, do like a ranking for each person? Yeah, MVP. And tally up the points. Yeah, MVP and, Heisman okay. system. <laughs> hey, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Yeah. It's been working for the Heisman Trophy for, what, 60 years? So... It'll work for us. So that's your show for tonight. For the two-man power trip, Mr. Wednesday Night Live, the voice that runs the place, Alo, Aaron Lloyd. I am Ron Pashery, and we will see you next week. Talking all 
of day, talking all of day. Hop up the top rope, about to land with this elbow. Got him now, put him down right now, hit him with the palm handle. Tuning up the band, y'all don't understand. Fist of Superman, it's a summer slam. Here we go again, fans mocking man. Man, I hate my balls, shut the Vince McMahon. It ain't shake the land, off the cell. Fans love it, ain't hard to tell. Talking madness, awesome well. What I'm cooking, man, y'all off the smell.